agendas open our hearts write on the law write his laws on our hearts so join me wherever you are at home in clusters get your heart into a posture of thanksgiving and praise just magnify his name because he's worthy and he's holy and he's greatly to be praised Spirit of living God, we welcome you, we worship you, Lord, we beckon you, we say, come and take your place, Lord. We're waiting for you, we're expecting you, we're expecting a transaction, we are seeking to persecute something in the heavens today. We don't know what it is, but we're expecting, we are placing a demand on your spirit. Come, O oh Lord. King eternal, immortal, invisible, most high God, Shaka Ikumala Bashandada, 
only wise God. You are the only true and living God. You are above all who are thought to be God's. It is our privilege and our honor, O God, to bow our knees and bow our heads and just raise our hands to heavens in an act of surrender and love postulate and cry out and say father less of our hustle is all about your agenda less of our hustle oh god is all about your agenda we praise you, God, because you are Jehovah. You are the self-existent, self-eternal. Makada ikarabada, the only true God. Libra dashkata. You are the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Joseph. You are transgenerational God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever more you are immutable you never change oh lord oh lord you have been our dwelling place in all generations from everlasting to everlasting you are god there is no argument we give you thanks lord because we know libra amongst the pantheon of gods libra akata you are the king spirit you god created all things libra kata before you were the no god form manda akata you are alpha omega libra doshkata beginning and the end first and last god of all flesh libra kadoshkata god of the seraphim and the caribbean likato mando shadai ikadoshkata labra kata and we are honored oh god libra mandoshkata to come behind the veil Mark up a boldly Libra Kata for we have been washed in the blood. Ziba dasko to the blood that speaks better things than that of righteous Abel. Makata ikatoshkata the redemptive blood of Christ. Manda labrakata badoshata. We thank you, God. We are born again of the incorruptible seed. Libra mandoshkata Libra that when you see us, you don't sue our sins, future, present, or past, but you see Christ in us. Ah basha. It is for this reason we have assurance and confidence that in Him, we can do all things in Christ. Who strengthens us? Blessed are you, Lord. Baruch Hashem. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Manda la brada katai zidas kuta mata kuto rakata patotondosha lebrakata. Oh, ancient of days, Manda Adasitokotondi Sikatan, we say today, oh, commune with us, conoinia with us, oh Lord, Rabba Shadaba, reveal your spirit, for only God can move God. Libra Tamandosha, take us into the deep, take us into the deep, oh God, reveal your word, reveal your word, continue, oh God, to teach us 
every Wednesday, every week, every month, we have been coming, oh God, we've been coming, Libra Katamaraba. This is not a Bible study, though there is Bible, Makata, Pando Shadadaba. Ah, uh, this is not a prayer service, even though there'll be prayers, Mandakata. This is rich teaching, this is rich ground, Libra Kamandoshkata. We know that, ah, uh, Makata, the vessel which you use, oh God, Libra Kanamarabasha is an honor vessel, ah, uh, Kapada. And we are faithful and we are thankful God for that which you're teaching us in these end times. We're thankful, Lord. And we know God is also not just a blessing, it can be a burden. For what we learn, we are not just, just sit on, we are meant to kadoshkata. We are meant to rabaso usher in your kingdom ah uh, your kingdom come your will be done on earth your kingdom your basilia ah uh, the systems the governance of the laws the economy of god manda ikaba we are angeloses ah makata we are your earthen vessels just as you have your divine counsel oh god you have your sons and daughters your remnant your creatures your called out ones libra that's meant to affect libra this earth you gave the earth and under the dominion of men two men the failure of the first Adam was amended by the second Adam and we have his blood we have his spirit coursing through our veins you have given us burdens you have given us mantles for it is the glory of God to conceal a thing and it is the honor of kings to search out that matter we are here oh god amando shadada searching out that matter makata papa so we say lord speak to our hearts a light on each and every one of us today mandi kodosh kata a light on every one of us libra kata we will not go in here and not come out the same as we went in libra kata for we have been here learning about how to hear god libra kandos kata and this is those oh god my worship you in spirit and truth who knows your voice who knows your impressions who knows the knowings of god who knows those deep earnings libra katamarada boshkata zida bababandoshkata we are like that tree besides living water oh god and in our seasons we will bear fruit because our desire is to meditate on your word to meditate on your torah Day and night, Libra Kata, Shando Skota, Yida Baba Bada Skota Labratai, Shikando Ikando Sita Baba, Makata Yada Boroskotai, Jikai Librondos Kitando Ikai Labra, Shitundi de Barabashata, in Jesus' name. Amen. Spirit of the living God, we come to you tonight. We know that without you, we are nothing. <laughs> ah, we know nothing and can do nothing. But in you, all things are possible.
tonight like David we approach us though our souls are thirsty our hearts are yearning to see your power and your glory in this and every other sanctuary because your loving kindness is better than life therefore our lips will praise you and we will bless you for as long as we live and in the shadow of your wings there now and ever our souls shall sing be magnified be magnified O God you are highly exalted and there is nothing that you cannot do oh lord our eyes are on you be magnified be magnified be magnified do the impossible show us the invisible make us invincible open the scrolls of heaven to us tonight speak not just for information or activation speak for transportation of your will and your predeterminate way thank you thank you come on somebody give him thanks tonight thank you thank you ah thank you thank you tonight lord thank you unto you be all glory unto you be all honor all power and all praise we will give you our worship now and forever we belong to you all around the world somebody would you clap your hands oh people of god and shout out to god with a voice of triumph amen and amen and amen isn't god good in the house tonight god is good and tonight it will be good in the house all righty welcome to the quorum on a wednesday um 
if you are joining us for the first time of you or you're not aware this is a weekly appointment that we have in the holy ghost in the word and in the spirit uh, and week after week god just blesses us with his presence and we're so grateful uh you know uh, just take the keys down just a little bit um I, I, i'm aware because i've been I've, I've been saved for a little while and i've been in the church i mean the body of christ for a while and uh also i've led this church for a while or this house which includes a church for a while and um i know that what we enjoy here week after week is not common um and i just want to take the time to honor god tonight for his covenant of visitation with us at the quorum week after week um you know tony tony can't forget the day we started <laughs> for for personal family reasons uh and and he is beating it into my head that we began the quorum on the 16th of, of june 2021 uh and I think we've maybe missed one or two weeks in the entire year we've been doing this plus uh, uh, for holidays, Christmas, that kind of stuff. And God has just been amazing. I mean, shut that down completely. God has just been amazing. And week after week, there's presence, there's glory, there's power. Uh, we have had reports of healings, of deliverances, of uh, prophetic direction. But perhaps more important to me, and I believe to the Lord, is that a, an army is being built. And this army is non-denominational. Uh, it, it is my, it, it humbles me uh, to know that there are church leaders and ministry leaders and pastors who not only are humble enough, and many of them are excellent preachers, maybe even better than I am, uh, who are humble enough and simple enough to come here on a regular basis to drink from the same trough. Uh, but what's even more humbling is some of them told me that they actually take it back to their leadership teams or they bring people that told me they found the quorum because their pastor directed them there. You know, and that takes a special kind of person, a special kind of spiritual leader uh, to be secure in themselves enough to direct their flock uh, to a stream to drink from uh, and I just want to let you know to all uh, our pastors and leaders who are part of this wider family that I don't take your your code in a code patronage for granted I don't take your covenant for granted I don't take your love your simplicity and your kingdom heartedness for granted and together we will build for the kingdom this will be the generation where we show the full power of unity in the body of Christ. Now, unity doesn't mean that we all get along, Tony, because uh, a sheep cannot get along, a shepherd, sorry, cannot get along with the wolf. You know, um, unity is not the same as ecumenism. The Bible says we must contend earnestly, strongly, passionately, sometimes violently for the faith that was once handed down to us. And so if there is no basis, if there's no alignment uh, with of, of scripture and of the spirit, then we cannot be unified. There are people I will never walk in unity with as long as they remain as they are today. But for those of us for whom the priority is that the name of Jesus be lifted 
and that a generation be pointed in his direction. Uh, it doesn't matter if we disagree about in, in, insignificant things like what day of the week we should have service. Uh, it doesn't matter if we disagree about the, the, the interpretation of the Hebrew or Greek of a word. As long as we agree that Jesus is Lord, he was born of a virgin, he's glorified, he died, he was buried, and he's now resurrected, and that the kingdoms of this world must become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and that the only way to do that correctly is not just by preaching and manifesting his power, but by living lives of purity, holiness, alignment that show forth his glory. If you and I agree on that, you have my right, left hand of fellowship, and we will build together. We will learn from each other. We will, will inspire each other. We will partner and support each other, and we will see a generation discipled in the true ways of Zion. If you believe that, would you give the Lord a round of praise for his glory and for a rising move of unity in the body of Christ? Secondly, before I go into my word tonight, I just want to honor, uh, and I know I do this almost every week, but I, I want to take special time to do this today. I want to honor the men and women um, who build this platform called Kingdom Culture alongside me. Um, I talk about them on a regular basis, uh, but um, I just want to take some time to give me a minute or two to just just talk about them today. Um, November this year will be 13 years since we began the very first midweek service in Kingdom Culture. This month, August, will be 13 years since we had the very first event of the ministry called Face to Face. And over that time, I have had the privilege of being supported by a changing yet special team of people who have lifted up my hands and run with this vision like it was theirs. Um, and at every point in time, I have always been grateful to them. We've had some special people. I don't want to mention names because if you leave someone out, then everybody gets offended. Many of whom are not with us anymore, but at one point, I mean, not, in, not with us as an organization. They're still alive and they're still saved and they're still in wonderful fellowship with us. Um, but they've come, they've spent, they've been spent for the kingdom. Some have moved on and they've been a special bunch of people. Um, but my current team of leaders in this house is on another level. Uh, we have done life together. Some of them have been with me now for, t for a decade or more. Uh, we've fought, we've loved, we've rubbed heads, we've rubbed hearts, we've grown together, and we have over the past decade plus, internalized the DNA of the vision that God has given us to steward. These guys are phenomenal. And to a man or lady, they all have one thing in common. They don't like or need the spotlight. They don't need to be celebrated. They don't need to, they don't need to be publicly affirmed. They just get on with it. They pray, they serve, they give. 
they they push they they get their hands dirty they 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 go down on their knees they 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 tape cables they carry equipment they counsel they pray they fast they lay hands they they visit people they they're just special uh and i want the world to know from the bottom of my heart that what is about to come in this house is not just down to me I want the world to know that you guys are the real MVPs. I love you, I'm committed to you, and I'm excited for what's about to happen with you personally. Um, the Bible says, he that waits or serves his master or leader shall be honored. I speak the spirit of honor over you. You will stand before kings. You will not stand before mean men. And that goes beyond just our leaders, our Levites, our workers, some of whom don't even attend our church. The people who don't even come to church on a Sunday here, who are part of our wider movement, who are just phenomenal. They travel from city to city to lead worship, to serve in media. They, 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 they lead prayer around the clock. Uh, they give, they, they, they evangelize. They, you guys are just amazing, and I pray the blessing of God over you. Uh, and to my walking stick, it's been almost a year now since uh, every single time I am in the office, on sometimes when I'm on the road, uh, uh, Brother Tony Biden has been by my side now for over a year. Uh, and don't be fooled by the handsome face on him. He's a real workhorse. And Tony, I just love you. Just want the world to know that I love you. Um, I've had several uh, assistants over the years, and each of them has been special. But there's just something about your heart that I gravitate towards. Um, like, like Philip said, like Jesus said of Nathaniel, an Israelite in whom there's no guile. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being committed to me. Thank you for serving me. Uh, a generation will serve you in the name of Jesus. Let's get to the word of the Lord tonight. By the way, if you have not heard, <laughs> uh, then this November, something is about to happen. Tell your neighbor, say something's about to happen. Now, I want to take permission from one of the leaders I just spoke to you about, uh, you know, uh, our chief strategy officer, Minister Dorinda. Dorinda, please don't be upset. Dr. Claudette, how are you doing, ma'am? Good to see you in the house. Bless you. How is it down in Texas? For the first time in history, I think the United Kingdom may be hotter than Texas. Uh, love you, ma'am. Uh, that's an amazing woman of God in the comment section, doing an amazing work for the Lord in the state of Texas, in the United States, and part of uh, the extended family of Jabula that I am proud to be a part of. Uh, love you, ma'am. Love you, love you, love you. Now, um, Dorinda, don't, don't be upset with me about what I'm about to do. <laughs> Chrissy's telling me uh, that, that she has a feeling that Dorinda's going to be upset. But Dorinda will uh, forgive me. Amen. Because like me, she is a, she is a, a fixation. She's fixated on perfection. Uh, but I feel in the process of making November more urgent in our minds, that there are a couple of designs that are being worked on behind the scenes um, for the summit in November. And so Dorinda is not satisfied 
and rightfully so because they're in work they're in the works. But I asked uh, for a save the date uh, to be put together just to show you. So this flyer is just for today. I just want you to see something to burn November in your mind. Um, on the 15th, from the 15th to the 20th of November this year, the Kingdom Culture Summit is making a reappearance. The significance of this is not just that we're having a conference. If you have been a part of this house or following us, you know that we suspended the summit even before COVID. We felt the Lord was asking us to go into a season of hibernation and contraction. And the word he gave me was to go into the ark. And that regarded, was regarding our churches. It was also regarding our wider ministerial network and everything that we did as a movement. And I have been waiting for the instruction to reemerge. And last year, in place of the summit, in August, uh, my mother in the Lord, Pastor Chichi Bismarck, came, uh, this was four years ago now, no, 2019, three years ago, she came to the United Kingdom and she passed through kingdom culture. And she gave us a prophetic word. And I came off that service that night and the Lord said to me, the vision is for an appointed time. At the last summit in 2018, uh, our presiding bishop internationally, my pastor, my mentor, Bishop Hugh D. Smith Jr. also gave us a word. And again, the Lord said to me that the vision is for an appointed time. And so this year, as I began to pray, with no plans at that point, the Lord spoke and said, it's time to come out of the ark. And that November, which is actually the spiritual birth month of kingdom culture, our very first midweek service happened on the 5th of November, 2010. He said, son, it's time to come out the ark. And he said, it should be a rebirth of the full gamut of the assignment of this house. Now, many of you are excited because we're replanting the churches, but that's not why I'm excited. I'm excited because God says, it's time to manifest what I put you in hibernation for. It's time to revisit the original blueprint. And this time, he says, because it is the appointed time, there will be a wind of grace on everything that will be unlike anything you've ever known before. And so pretty much every single thing, and this is, the, this is what he said to me, Tony. He said, over the last 13 years, in different seasons, there have been different expressions of my grace that I have released into this movement that have been, what's the word now? They have been sequential. They have been 
things like face-to-face and tabernacle of David and prayer moves and revivals and social justice seasons and, and all these things and, 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 and worship nights and, 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 and discipleships. And we once, there was a time when we ran a Bible school and the training institute and all these other things. And God said, son, I allowed them happen sequentially to put them in the atmosphere. But a season will come where I want you to hold them concurrently. And I will breathe on that season, says the Lord. Saints, that season begins in November. For instance, among the other things we're going to be doing at the summit is officially launching prayer culture. And I believe that a lot has gone into this last two and a half years. has been daily prayer, fasting, training, teaching, and all these other things to prepare an army. The army has risen. And that army is about to be deployed with force and frightening precision. And so we have roughly 90 days to prepare. Uh, We have pretty much almost finished confirming our roster of ministers. When you see them, you will know we mean business. But we are believing God for a move, for a stirring and a releasing of a force for revival, reformation, and transformation across nations. So next week, we begin a 90-day prayer and fasting journey. The longest we've done in a long time. It is not religious. It is consistent with the weight of what we believe the Lord wants to pour out. So two things. First of all, enjoy your last supper this week. Tony, you've been been having an extra helping, right? Eat the fat, drink the sweet. Because starting the 15th of August... We go on a fast. Secondly, whatever you do, book the time off. Speak to your employer now. Cancel any cancelable plans now. Shift any trips. Re or defer all your plane tickets for another time. God is going to be visiting And you do not want to miss this. And that includes our wider movement family, the churches we're in partnership with, the leaders that we uh, we, 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 we in covenant with, our apostolic hubs. And we are receiving instructions to put up viewing and fellowship centers for the summit in other countries. At the moment, we're planning for Nigeria. If there is a nation of the world in which you follow us from and you believe God would have you be a part of putting together a fellowship, uh, a hub for the summit, in essence, uh, a place where people can come and gather and experience the summit virtually in unity. And as God leads, you never know, we may deploy a minister in that region, in essence, we may have someone both in word and worship on certain days and nights 
actually minister from that location into the physical summit in the UK as well. So please, we're asking for your prayers. We're asking for your patronage in terms of making sure you can make the time to be there physically. If you need to get a plane ticket, do so now to get to the UK. Uh, and we're also asking you to begin to partner financially with it. Uh, and so Chris, if you just put the details on the screen again for me, now uh, the same given details we always use, but this time please mark it as Kingdom Culture Summit or KC Summit or Just Summit. Um, we will give you more details about what is going on with that. Awesome. Let us get to the word of the Lord tonight. So tonight should be part seven. Uh, and by the way, for those of you who've uh, reached out to me over the last few days asking how I'm doing, thank you. Today's not been a great day. Me and Heat don't do so well. I woke up this morning feeling very uncomfortable and unwell, uh, but I'm standing by grace. And when the time came to, to make up my mind whether I could make it into the studio, I said, Lord, give me grace, but I will not miss out on what you want to pour out today. So stretch your hands to the screen and shout grace and strength. Say, Lord, strengthen your servant. And so this should be week seven or part seven of the series, How to Hear from God. But if you look at the title of the broadcast, it says, How to Hear from God, special edition. Because tonight we're going to take a little detour It's not going to, in essence, we're not following up from last week because we need to establish some things prophetically before we move to the next phase on this journey. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so give me your ears and your spirit because God is going to be activating certain things in your understanding and your experience. Tonight, as we teach the word of God, there is going to be a strong manifestation of the supernatural. Healings will take place. Demonic yokes will be broken. Clarity will be granted. But above all, and what I'm excited about what the Lord said to me tonight, is that ascensions will occur. Some of you are about to, this is about to be a commissioning call tonight. There's about to be a shift in the operation of the Spirit of God in your vessel. And so Holy Spirit, we thank you for that presence that is here tonight. And we turn you loose and we say, have your way in Jesus' name. So tonight we're gonna to take two scriptures or three from which we will begin our journey. And then we will take an altitude and soar or coast for a while. And then at some point, we will land this plane with force and power. The first scripture I want to bring you to is the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And when you get there, let me know that you are there. 2 Peter chapter 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, the, by, the, the verse or the chapter starts with an apostolic salutation. And this is important because it says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. 
some of my fellow apostolic gifts will do well to remember. Sorry, you can leave it there. Will do well to remember that we are first servants before we are apostles of Jesus Christ. Mm. Not every servant is an apostle, but every true apostle is a servant. Let me repeat. Not every servant of Jesus Christ is an apostle, but it is impossible to be a true apostle if you are not first, foremost, and primarily a servant. Because the word apostolos means sent one, deployed one, one given a specific assignment. And you cannot be given an assignment unless you are first a servant. To them who have obtained precious faith, like precious faith with us. In essence, Peter is saying here that the only difference, Tony, between you and I is that I have been given an office to discharge, but your faith is as precious. The word precious, then, I, 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 I don't have time to show you every single Greek word. I will show you some, but just take it from me. Uh, that the word precious here means valuable. Mm. In essence, Tony, it is the job of apostolic ministry to ensure that the rest of the body has a faith that is similarly precious and valuable as those which the apostles have. I am not a, I'm not an accurate apostle if there is a difference in essence between my reality in God and yours. The only difference should be in office. In essence, there, there are some things, Tony, because of the office I have been called to operate in that may be different from your experience. And the only reason for that difference is the office. The only difference is the office. In essence, if that office were to leave me and reach you, we would switch places tomorrow. In essence, it is possible for the average believer. It was the standard in the days of Peter for the average believer to have a similar stature in God as the apostles of his day. Let that sink in for a second. For instance, and, and one of my favorite examples of this is the fact that a man called Ananias, who the Bible simply calls a brother, he wasn't an apostle, he didn't call him a prophet, he didn't call him a deacon, Ananias was a, a, a simple member of the church in the days of Paul. God was able to find him, listen Tony, and give him such accurate prophetic interactions that he told him that dude you've been hearing about called Saul is in Damascus. He is blind. 
He is at a street called Straight, and I have already revealed myself to him, and he is waiting for you, and I have shown him all he must suffer for my sake. Now, Ananias, go and seal the deal. That was the standard of a Christian in Paul's days. Pardon? Mm. Ananias was a brother. He had such access to the divine, such communion with God, such alignment with the spirit that he Now, that would be the standard for a bishop in our day. That kind of man in our generation would start a ministry and be the superstar of our time. But he was merely a brother. When it was time to pick the deacons, and by the way, the word deacon simply means waiter. Diakonos means servant. That's why I told you every apostle is a servant. Not every servant is an apostle. Deacon simply means servant. And the job, if you look at Acts chapter 7, the job description was some widows were not being fed. Talk to me in the comments, somebody. Some widows were not being fed. The apostle says, we're so busy that we are missing some of the widows in the food distribution. We need to give ourselves to prayer. Every Christian should pray, but specifically to the ministry of the word. In essence, we need to spend time teaching the word and preparing to teach the word. And we need other people to help us share rice and bread. So pick seven men whose job it is to administrate the distribution of charity resources. Pick seven men who should be treasurers and, and waiters to wait on tables. And if you want to come with me, let's go to Acts chapter 7 to look at the qualification to be a waiter. And no, so Acts chapter six, sorry, a waiter and a an administrator in the days of the early church. It says in those days when the number of disciples was what multiplied, there arose a murmuring. Somebody say a murmuring, murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason, meaning it doesn't make sense. It's not reasonable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So what was the, what was the reason for this recruitment, Tony? They needed waiters. Mm. Therefore... Or wherefore, brethren, look out among yourselves seven men. Notice, he said, it is not meet that we should serve tables. He then says, look among yourselves. Meaning, he was saying, don't include anybody who is currently an apostle. In essence, this is not from leadership. Remove the leadership 
among the, the laity, among the pews, among the normal brethren, find amongst yourselves seven men, look, of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom, whom we may appoint unto this business. This was the standard, Tony, to become a waiter. A volunteer bread sharer in the early church. Why? Because we want to give ourselves continually to prayer and to the now, let me never let me just throw this in real quick. Church, body of Christ, if you want your leaders to shift to another level, you need to do this. But I digress. Let your, let your leaders, let, let those with the fivefold callings be able to give themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. But let, Chrissy, let's go back there. It then talks about the men that were chosen. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost. Philip, and then he talks about the rest. Now, we know Stephen's story. We also know Philip. Philip was the guy who turned Samaria upside down with signs and wonders. These were the standards. This was, this was a, in essence, when they elected seven men from among them, they came up with people who was, were more, not more anointed, I don't know, but were just as anointed and just as spiritually astute as the apostles of their day. Philip walked through the spirit realm and translocated to meet the Ethiopian eunuch. This was a guy who was sat down on the pews until there was a need, an administrative need in the body of Christ. See, so let's put it this way. This was the standard of the gifts of the ministry of help. Your ushers, your temple keepers, your media technicians, your, 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 your car park attenders, your administrators, your financial stewards. And so when Peter says in 2 Peter 1 that he's writing to people, let's go back there Chrissy, who have obtained like precious faith. I hope you now understand the significance of that. Now, before I move on any further, let's look at the word obtained in the Greek. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's the word langkano. It means to receive by divine allotment. Or to cast lots for something. In essence, this is not something that you necessarily labor for. This is an allocation. Mm, this is an allocation. Someone say an allocation. This is a... This is like a father just sharing his property in his will. You get the house in London, you know, a day will come when, when I'm in my, well, I'll write the will long before, 
right? But when I'm in my late 80s, 90s, you know, as God decides, when I know I'm about to leave, I'll, I won't just wait for the will to be read so nobody can fight it. Uh, I will call all my children, their children, and their children's children because I will see four generations. But I'll also call some of my spiritual children because the Bible says a man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. He didn't say just biological. Mm. There are going to be people in my will who are not related to me by blood. I hear me. And I'm going to inform them and say, that house in London is yours. The one in Peru is yours. Um, that hotel in Milan, does that make sense? Now, that's an allocation. So Peter is telling us here that there is an allocation of God or through the righteousness of God that gives you a dimension of faith that is precious. Tony, there is an allocation for you to a higher realm of God's glory. It's an allocation. It, it has been predetermined. So on one hand, you can't fight for something that's not been allocated to you. That's why comparison is foolish. But on the flip side, you cannot, you can only press into something because it has been allocated. In essence, when the, and the Bible says it is God at work within us to will, Tony, and to do of his good pleasure. So that desire in you, that lack of satisfaction for another dimension in God, for more than your, your lot in life, for, and, and, and I mean both spiritual and carnal, or, or, or secular. That thing that says, this cannot be me. I can't die like this is a sign from heaven that there is an allocation for you. Like the prodigal son, something inside you is saying, why am I eating with pigs when my father has so much available for me? No, 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 no. That's important because we're going to skip a few chapters now, a few verses. Let's skip verse 2 because verse 2 is a book. So let's skip it. I, I, I will get, I'll get, I'll be here all night. Verse 3 says, according, someone say according. Now, the question is according to, or, or, now, this, according to this, what, what came before? As his divine power, now listen to me. Why is this in the middle of a series of hearing from God? Remember we explained weeks ago that God doesn't speak to inform he speaks to transport or transform. When God speaks, it's because there is a spiritual reality that he is trying to translate to the earth realm. Are you with me, somebody? And so God speaking means there is something that exists in his heart in the spirit realm and he wants to translate it to a natural reality. There is the part of it that you hear, but your hearing is simply for your understanding so you can connect with faith. In essence, the, the piece of it that is, that is for your information is because he needs your cooperation. But in the same breath 
as he translates his intention. Remember, we spoke about this last week. God speaks spirit. The words he speaks are spirit and life. All spirits communicate by pulses of life and quickening. And so the quickening is a deposit. And then when it's uploaded into your brain, it lets you know what he is quickening concerning. You may see it as a vision, hear it as a voice, read it in scripture, receive it as a prophecy through another person. But it's because there's something he wants to do. Well, the Bible now tells us here that the function of that power is to give us. Remember I said to you, when God speaks, he's transporting things that pertain to life and godliness. Uh, let's quickly go through this because I'm trying to get somewhere because of time. But uh, let's look at the word life. It's the word zoe. Now, it's not any kind of life now. It's, it's a specific type. The absolute fullness of life. The Bible says here, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God and through him to the hypostatic logos, meaning Jesus as the pre-incarnate word, the concept of who and what God is, and to Christ in whom the logos puts on human nature. Life, real and genuine, active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion, even in this world, of those who put their trust in God. So, the Bible says here that, oh, but what have I done? I've just thrown my screen off. Let's go back. So, the Bible is saying here, while I get my screen back in order, that God has given you everything, Tony, in your salvation allocation that pertains to Zoe. The words that I speak unto you are what? Spirit and Zoe. The Bible says, we looked at this all the past few weeks, that it is by the word of God that the ions, the worlds, the seasons of life and reality are framed. They are bounded, they are supported, and the word framed also means they are repaired. They are furnished with what is necessary. So when God speaks, it is He's releasing Zoe. And the Bible says here that there is an allocation. Remember? Let's, let's remind you. Verse 1. To them that have obtained. The word obtained is the word allocation. It says here now he's given you every part of that allocation. That pertains to zoe and then let's look at the word godliness because you may have misunderstood this it's the word eusebia it means reverence respect holiness someone say holiness now i want to explain this in a way that will be controversial to some people religiously, but you can put my explanation to the test of the in original language. Does this have the effect that you will be reverential towards God? Yes, true. But that's not what he's talking about here. That's a fruit. The root of what this means, Tony, is in the allocation 
that has been laid aside for you. There are things that need to be given to you that are necessary for your living Zoe, this full God dimension of life, and for you being an object of reverence. In essence, that there is a life God wants to translate into you that will be large and high in its quality, Zoe. But the result of that life will be that when others observe you, there will be an act of reverence or a, a, a spirit of awe that comes upon them that is directed to God. In essence, the, the, the godliness here is that others are in awe of who God is because they see, so, there's a, in essence, his life is being lived through you. This is what Jesus came to model. This is what Isaiah means when it says, Arise, shine, your light has come, the glory of God. Not your glory. His glory is risen on you. And kings will come to the brightness of that rising, as we will see at the summit in November, right? Why? Because there is something going on on the inside of you. There is an outworking of grace on the inside of you. There is, there is a shift. There is a dimension to which you arise in your everyday reality. That makes it clear that something's going on here. Like Daniel, it will be said, the spirit of a holy God is in him. When Daniel began to move and operate, the Bible said, they, they, see, nobody tried to worship Daniel. Notice in the Bible. They always said, there's something operating in this geezer that comes from a divine realm. Y'all are quiet tonight. Talk to me. There's something operating in this dude that comes from a divine realm. And it says light and excellence was found in him. And he kept being assigned the top office in the land over four successive administrations. All right, let's keep going. Now, in essence, this is why it is important to be able to quote and unquote, and we spent three weeks, three or four weeks defining what it means to hear God. Remember, before we began to talk about how to hear him, we first had to establish what hearing him means. This is why it's important to be able to hear God. Because it is that technology by which this dimension is translated. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So communion with God is not just about God directing you. The direction is a byproduct 
of him infusing you with a dimension of reality which as you begin to live it out for instance a simple example is on my way here today while i was stuck in traffic in london traffic uh, a journey that should have taken me 45 minutes took me well over an hour and tony as i was just chilling in the traffic god and i were just fellowshipping and it will interest you to know that i didn't say much i wasn't buying and i didn't hear much in terms of language but he was talking because there was a pulse of life that was going back and forth between us and the outworking of that pulse is what you are experiencing now there was a deposit that was coming in and you would think this man is so wonderful many of you be shocked when i say how little of the bible i read what i mean is i told you the days of me finishing the bible in a month are gone i did that well not a month but i used to read it through several times a year i can't anymore because i get stuck on one verse now for forever and this may shock some of you there's days where i only have five minutes with it open in front of me you know why because there's another two hours where i'm just walking around thinking so what did that verse really mean this is not intelligence this is an example of what happens when God shifts into another into a human being and brings out another realm. And it can happen on any dimension. The prophetic, preaching, revelation, business, family, government. Now let's go to the next level. So now that's part one of tonight. We've dealt with part one, part, part one now. Verse four says, whereby are given unto us Oh, I forgot to mention, through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. I wish I had time. So, the knowledge there is interaction. No, no, let's, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm trying to be quick. So, through the knowledge, what here is epignosis now, in essence, a specific, correct acknowledgement and interaction with the thing. So, there is a specific kind of interaction and recipient from God, something he deposits in you, because he has called you to glory and virtue. The word glory here is the word doxa. Doxa means opinion, judgment, estimation of a person, magnificence, excellence, preeminence, dignity, and grace. In essence, Tony, God has called you for me to look at you and go, wow. I want you to think about that for a second. Now, remember, Peter's not talking to an, another apostle. He's talking to the church. You have, in essence, your walk with God is just as deep as mine, and God has called you for glory. Look at your neighbor online and in the house and say, God has called me for glory. It's called me for glory. Sorry, to glory. You are called. Now, the glory that doxa isn't talking about the ooh, ah, the presence of God. No, that, that's a that's a <laughs> and it means, Tony, that every believer that qualifies for this has an allocation 
of significance and elevation assigned to them. And again, this is why hearing quote-unquote from God is key. Because, and so if you live your life trying to engineer in your flesh what has already been allocated to you, you are of all men most miserable and foolish. Mm. There are people hustling, scheming, politicking. The church is in shambles partly because there are denominational structures where rather than trust the allocation of God for your doxa, there are men and women that are crabs in a barrel. Calculating. Manipulating their way to what they believe is the top. The Christians and ministers losing sleep over their social media likes and followers. When there is an allocation, as we've just seen, an allocation for Zoe and for reverence of God in you, because you have been called to be a person of doxa. Shakapaila Maria Katahani. And the second word there is virtue. Someone say virtue. It's the word arite. And arite means praise and worthy of emulation. This talks about your character now. So, Tony, you're not just called to be significant. You're called to be aligned. But virtue also talks about ability and power. Verse 4 then says, This is the reason why we have received great and precious promises. Mm. Now, some of these promises are the Bible. But as you begin to work with God, which is where his voice becomes important, Tony, there become promises that even though some may be lifted from scripture, are not just scripture. As you begin to fellowship with the Holy Spirit in your walk with God, he begins to give you promises he begins to give promises let's look at the word promises because it includes the english meaning of promise but it's a bit deeper in essence what you want to understand a promise to be is part of this word but there's more to it it's the word epangelma It says a self-committal by assurance of conferring some good. Someone say committal. 
its root word is the word epangelomai. Right? Epangelomai means to announce that one is about to do or furnish something. It then says to promise of one's own accord, to profess, to profess one's skill in something. Uh, okay, Holy Spirit is telling me not to go into the two root words. Okay, okay, I, 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 I'll obey. I wanted to go a bit further, but I'm going to obey. Now, now in essence, uh, and by the way, feel free to check the words in case you wonder why I'm not going there. Check them yourself. I'm just being told to stay on track. So, the word promises here isn't just that God makes you a promise. That's part of it. I said that right. The bigger picture is, Tony, that God announces he's going to do something. And he boasts about his ability to do something. And that boast, an announcement, commits him. And it is in that sense that it becomes a what you and I understand as promise. In essence, God doesn't say, Tony, I promise I'm going to bless you. God begins to boast about his ability to bless. And is this scriptural? Yes. The Bible says God told Abraham, I am your shield. Meaning, I can protect you. And I am your exceeding great reward. And that became a promise. God just announced to Abraham his capacity, his, his latent ability, and in so doing, committed himself. That's why men in the Old Testament would call a place of God uh, Jehovah Jireh, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. In essence, God, you've just come, in essence, whenever God reveals himself to you, it is an inherent promise. The Bible says that we behold, and I'm, if, if I, do I have time? Okay, I, I, I think I'm, I've, I've saved myself just enough time to go into the next, to the, the second, the third part of this. But when it, the Bible says, as we behold, in essence, as we are exposed, as we as we tap into the reality of the glory of, of, of the Lord as in a mirror, we're transformed into the same image. So when God reveals, now notice, I said he speaks not to inform, but to transport a reality from one realm to another, aka to create. Now, he releases his presence not for you to enjoy, Every dimension of the presence of God that he reveals to you, whenever God allows himself be made known, it is to commit himself as a promise to someone. So when you come into the presence of God and you begin to fellowship with him, there are two components. One is the voice, one is the presence. They're both part of what we call the glory. 
the voice begins to transport things according to the presence being released and the presence by being witnessed if god allows you experience his presence it in itself is a com is an invitation sorry right for what he's being he's revealing he's showing it as a picture of what your future means and so there are things god will begin to expose you to like habakkuk 2 says the vision is for an appointed time when it comes the vision will speak and not lie but why are you showing me the vision now it is because you are committing yourself to what you're showing me it came into moses's heart he should be a deliverer of the jews it took 40 years but the day god put it in his heart god committed himself as a promise that he was going to make moses something are you with me hmm. and you become it from glory to glory so he begins to open your eyes to see what he is capable of and desires to do for you and through you and in you first in then through then for in that order in through for in through for i didn't say by i said through because all we think about is god who don't, no god doesn't do, god never does something by you except your apostate through means it passes through you meaning there's a deposit for you by would mean he uses you to do it but there's no benefit for you god only works by people like samson who refuse to align with him but if you're on alignment he'll work through you because a pipe can't pass water and be dry in essence what he accomplishes with your life will be the overflow of what he's accomplishing in your life if he's accomplishing healing through your life the overflow will be of the dimension of healing in your life okay let's get back to, to, to i gotta run i gotta run uh, i'm not gonna be caught wasting time tonight so the bible says that we have been given exceeding great and precious the word great and precious literally mean what they mean it means they're great they're big they're huge they're valuable they're weighty the english did a very good job there or fairly good job there that by these promises listen this is the reason why god sends his voice in his presence that you might be partakers partakers of a divine nature in essence the key to this is there's a nature of divinity that god has given you an allocation in having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust in essence tony the entire purpose for alignment is this this is why god wants you aligned not because he doesn't want you to enjoy yourself but the cost of alignment both the see the there's a generic cost of alignment for every believer and then there's a cost that is particular to you and this is the things god will ask for from all of us remember we looked at this uh, earlier this year but then there's the death that you must die to see the glory of god and john will not be asked to die the same death if you're peter and you will ask jesus why are you allowing him do this and jesus will say mind your business 
But both the objective and subjective cost of alignment are designed to allow you be part. In essence, these precious promises, Tony, when God begins to deal with you, when God begins to speak to you, when God begins to reveal himself to you, and this is why you must fight. You are not uh, if anybody convinces you as a believer that it's okay for you to just read your Bible, pray every day, and not walk with God on this level, when you get to heaven, you may commit murder in heaven. Mm. You, may, you, may, you may look for a God in heaven when you see what they cost you access to. And so scripture says, let's go back there, Chrissy. Scripture says, these promises, the, the voice of God, the presence of God, the, the, remember we define what promises is. It, it includes giving a promise, but it's more. It's committing yourself by an announcement, by a revelation of who you are, to partake of a divine nature. Now, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8 talk about the things you must practically do to get there. Maybe I'll come back and teach that on Sunday. Maybe. But let's now talk about this divine nature. What is this divine nature? Come with me to John chapter 5. Verse 25. John 5, verse 25. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. There's a glory of the Lord in this place. I told you tonight, some of you will literally begin to ascend and be quickened by the Spirit of God. John chapter 5. First of all, let's, let's start looking at this from verse 16. Because you can't understand verse 25 without the context of what starts from verse 16. So Jesus was doing some things on the Sabbath day. What's the Sabbath day? The seventh day. What's the seventh day? The, perf the perfect day Adam lived in before he fell. Does that make sense? This is why the, the, the Pharisees always had a problem with Jesus. They didn't understand why he loved doing things on the Sabbath day. He was trying to explain, if you notice, a, a disordinate proportion of the miracles that Jesus did were done on the Sabbath day. He was making a point why he was fulfilling the sabbath by doing these things on the sabbath day because these things can only be done spiritually in the sabbath and the original sabbath was the season where god and man walked perfectly together there was no evening and morning for lock being the first or second or third day and then the seventh day so every from the sixth day to the day adam fell was the seventh day so the bible says remember it that's where I'm taking you back to. And so Jesus was working out a divine nature. 
this divine nature we've been said we're going to be partakers of jesus was demonstrating it and this and, and the pharisees had a problem so he says to them to this day my father is at work and i too am working in essence this divine nature is not about sitting in the clouds and seeing angels and eating berries if you are the press last night i gave an analogy i will give again if there's time today there is a recruitment of what i called last night demigods in the spirit and i'll talk about that for a second the same way the demonic pantheon of zeus and whatever the demonic you know the fallen angels that slept with the women on the earth in genesis chapter was it four now or sorry six that's exactly what all the stories of the mythologies are the greek pantheon the roman pantheon the norse pantheon i'm you know i love marvel but you know thor and zeus these are all hercules these are all just you know uh demonic entities that lived in the past the bible says they were men of renown the seed of the the fallen angels are the gods we know about in our world today and they're the demigods like hercules and the rest of them where the nephilim the bible talks about but the analogy is this that divinity no i'll come to the analogy i don't want to jump ahead of myself let's let, let, let's go back to john chapter five so there is a you know what let, let, i need to explain i need to tony help me help me out. Uh, I, I need to explain so um Mm. When, when Yahweh said in the garden that the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent, the kingdom of the Satan understood partially what he meant. Now, you know, thank God Satan and his kingdom are not wise enough to completely duplicate God. But they understand far better than some of us do in essence a human being will come that was not conceived in essence he's not the seed of the man he's not the seed of a man means and he will have the ability to crush my head satan knew this could not be a normal human being because what he had accomplished would mean that every human being was born with the flaw of sin from birth satan was so scared of adam and eve because adam and eve were the first picture of the divine nature the hebrew word or phrase is benai elohim adam was god in human form he was in the image and the likeness of God. And the Bible calls him the son of God. Why? Adam was the first time God poured himself into a human container. That's why Jesus is called the son of God. Because he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Godhead is not father, son, and spirit. That's wrong. I've corrected that several times. It is father, word, and spirit. And, and I explained last night at the press. And I think you really should go and listen to the press. Because it was half prayer meeting, half exposition uh, 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 that the closest human understanding to the godhead is 
what you and I call schizophrenia. It is a demonic corruption. Satan doesn't have any creative originals. He only takes spiritual patterns and corrupts. And so you have a human being, same body, same voice, same mouth, same chest, same tongue, same DNA. One human being with two or more persons living inside him. In the morning, his name is Greg. In the afternoon, he's George. Give me another G. And in the evening, he is Gary. Gary, if you're listening, I'm not talking about you. Because I know a Gary who might be on, 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 on YouTube tonight. And when you talk to George in the morning, he has, no, he has no knowledge of Gary in the evening. Same person, but there's a, disco, there's a fracture of his sense of reality and he operates differently. That's a demonic corruption of the Godhead. It's the same God. It's not same person or same body, same entity who chooses by an act of his will to operate as three distinct personalities each with a function to play in the wider scheme of things for governing his purpose and so jesus on the earth the bible says he was the fullness of the godhead so operating through him was the element of the father that's why he said my father and i are one the element of the word he was the godhead made bodily and the element of the spirit adam was the first picture of that and the bible says that adam's job description if you remember was to be fruitful multiply replenish subdue and have dominion why because as diana wonder woman taught us in the first movie only a god can deal with a god we looked at this when we did the series what is man at the quorum that there was an enemy and an avenger that yahweh wanted to deal with and yahweh says it's beneath my dignity to, to fight my creation so i'm going to make another creation but the difference between this creation and the other one will be i will pour my essence into this one that's why god can be a father because he has a son that's that personality in essence the creation of the son meant there was an there was quote unquote an other a source an other right and he says it's this one's job to steal the enemy and the avenger now the enemy and the avenger is an elohim he's a god he's a divine being the bible says he makes himself an angel of light he has some power that's why jesus says he's given us power to trample upon his power and like we were told in wonder woman a sword can't kill aries Diana, you are the God killer. You're the gift of the God because only a God can kill a God. Only a God can shut down the activities of a God. Are you following me now? And so Adam was created as God's weapon 
against the rebellious Elohim that existed before his creation. And that's why they came straight for him. They knew if we're going to enjoy our time on earth, we have to take out the only entity that is legally licensed to destroy our activity. And so they came for Adam. And when he fell, the Bible says, all have sinned. And this is why you must not sin. Tony, this is why you can't sin. This is why we must be sexually pure, ethically pure, morally pure. Why we must walk in alignment. Because when you fall out of alignment, you fall short of that glory and virtue. Romans tells us that you were called to. In essence, your divine life that zoe that exists in you is temporarily shut off and it takes a while to turn it back on and the more you give yourself to sin the more the electrical circuit of the glory is compromised and a day will come where like something you press the switch and it doesn't come on that's the whole purpose are you with me somebody hmm And so, thank you, Holy Spirit. When Satan shuts that dimension down in Adam by trickery, God now does not have a partner. One of the recurrent myths in almost every divine pantheon is that of a war of the gods between the quote-unquote good gods and the quote-unquote bad gods where the good gods start looking for their children the demigods to fight with them it's the story of hercules it's the story of perseus it's the story of i keep forgetting poseidon's primary demigod but there is always a story in the Asian pantheons where there's a battle of gods between the gods of good and the gods of evil, right? And the gods of good look for their demigods. A demigod is a human being, quote-unquote, that was created by the sexual copulation of a god, e.g. Zeus and a woman. Why? It's the same story from Genesis 6, the Nephilim. Because in that garden, the kingdom of Satan understood what God was saying. And the Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. But to the perverse, all things are perverse. Because of their perversion, when they understood God was saying, I'm going to put my life in a human body, they assumed that the only thing God could be talking about was for God to sleep with a woman. And in so doing, corrupted themselves to where all of them are now held in everlasting chains. But that was an attempt. Same one. That was an attempt to preempt, quickly, sir, to preempt what God had said he was going to do. They understood the process that God was going to create a quote and unquote demigod. They thought half human, half God. And that in a time would come where he would lean on that demigod 
in the fight against their demonic godhood. And so they wanted a head start. They thought if we pollute the entire race, you won't find anybody. When the Bible says Noah was perfect in his generation or righteous, it literally means he was uncorrupted. Good to see you, Bishop. That's my bishop in the house. Good to see you, Bishop Brooks. Love you, sir. That's my bishop. My bishop is better than yours. Amen, sir. So honored to have you tonight, sir. The purpose was this. If we can corrupt everybody, God can't find anyone to work through. But God found Noah. And the principle was, in these ancient myths, when there's a war of gods, the full gods go looking for their demigod children to work with them in the fight against the evil gods. This is... Now, this was stolen from, by Satan from the principle of how God himself works. And this is what we see here in John chapter 5. Jesus says, I as the quote and unquote biblical, the first biblical demigod of Yahweh and my father are working together. My father came to recruit me. And like it was with Jesus, I told you they stole this thing from heaven. Like it was with Jesus, what would happen is this demigod would be living a normal life, like Hercules, like Perseus, until the day where his father would begin to reveal himself to him and begin to endow him with special gifts. And then one day he would be activated. And if he performed certain tests and tasks correctly, if he passed through a rite of passage, he would ascend from being a demigod, meaning a normal human being with some special gift, to become a full immortal god, even if he could still walk around on the earth as a man. Where did they steal that from? Jesus. He was born by the, by the insemination of the Spirit of God. See, Yahweh did not need the sexual perversion of those angels. He had a technology Satan didn't know about. And Jesus grew the Bible like a normal human being. But by the time he gets to 12, he says to his parents, didn't you know I must be about my father's business? Meaning the father had already begun to reveal himself to him. God had already started to uh, Yahweh to speak to his son and to reveal his presence to his son by the time he was 12. When he gets to 30, there is a coronation. This, in essence, he's saying, that's my demigod. Listen to him. He wasn't just talking to the human beings. Because only a certain number of people physically heard. It was a challenge to the demonic realm. He was saying now, Lucifer, that's my boy. That was like Zeus saying about Hercules, that's my boy. That's a demonic corruption. He was saying, now let's go. And that's why the first thing that happened after that statement was the spirit led him to the wilderness to be tempted to what is afflicted by the devil. That was the test. He says, now I'm showing you my boy. That's him. You were looking for him in Bethlehem. You thought you killed him, but I preserved him and I've been revealing myself to him. And now begins the showdown. So Satan, give him all you've got. And there was a test of alignment with Jesus past. And the Bible says he came out in the fullness of the power of the spirit. Now let's deal with this spirit for a second here. The Bible says the Lord is that spirit. 
when we talk about the spirit of the lord it has been mistranslated in hebrew I told you my mother speaks a language called Yoruba. Now, if you speak French, it's the same. Usually when you translate words from this language to English, you have to reverse the order. Somebody say reverse the order. You have to reverse the order. Because I, I gave an example yesterday. If you say Ayon Gidi, Ayon means person. Gidi means good. Right? Let's take it up a little bit, sir. Gidi means good. You don't say person good. You say good person. Hebrew and Greek are very similar. So the phrase, the spirit of the Lord, is a wrong sometimes trans to a level translation it doesn't mean the spirit that belongs to god or to yahweh or to the lord to the, or, or, or to, 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 to the one in charge it means the lordship spirit it means the spirit that is lord he's not an errand boy because in the bible says who among the gods is like you yahweh in the book of psalms this was the name in the immortal realm given to Yahweh because that was the part of his personality that interacted with the other spirits. He's called the father of spirit. Again, he's called the father of spirit because in the pantheon of the supernatural realm, there was one spirit that governed all other spirits and that's why he was called the lordship spirit so the phrase spirit of the lord is trying to in interpret it in reverse holy means reverential full of awe terrible a different dimension so he was called the holy spirit because tony among the other spirits there was a gap so the holy spirit is not the messenger of the godhead it is the same entity as he interacts in this arena of the gods does that make sense this is the personality that deals with the spirit realm that's why he is the custodian of the gifts and the fruits because the gifts are how you function in the spirit realm the fruit is your right to function on his behalf it's what separates you from functioning with a false spirit and the bible says the spirit of god drove him and he came back in the power of that spirit does that make sense and so the bible then says let's go back to 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 um to john chapter 5 to this day my father is working why he now has a quote-unquote demigod and i too am working he says then to tell them the son can do nothing by himself meaning i'm not here flexing there's an agenda of my father i'm accomplishing the son can do nothing unless he sees somebody say sees so there must be a communication channel in essence you cannot function at this level 
if there is no interactive capacity between you and the father and this is what the concept of the voice of god and intimacy with god and prophetic connection with god is designed to accomplish for whatever the father does the son does also the father loves the son and shows him ah ayakataba someone say shows him shows him someone say shows him say again say shows him shows him all that he what that he does because as we looked at before when God speaks he is transporting a reality have I told you that's how we started this series so what you call the voice of God is not for your information only it's the process by which he transports the reality he needs to inform you so you can cooperate in faith but the speaking is the creative power of God for God words are for creation aka transportation between realms not for information so he says the father shows the son all that he does in essence I see it and I'm the demigod that licenses it in the earth this is how the voice of God is designed to work there is a divine nature I have been activated into and the process of intimacy this is why you should worship read your Bible spend time with God talk to him because out of that intimacy he starts to say my boy my girl this was the decision in heaven today and and this is what we need licensed in the earth in the battle of gods as the godhead i have to stay out of it but i'm counting on you hercules like zeus told him i'm counting on you to sort this out that was a demonic perversion of this but verse 22 really blows my mind the father judges no one meaning when you arrive at this level god leaves the decisions on some things to you but has assigned all judgment to the son so that all may honor the son just as they honor the father whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him so we're not talking about the son here as god incarnate we're talking about the son as a sent one on behalf of the father in essence like we looked at, at the press last night he's the pattern son who has been sent to bring many sons to glory because he's supposed to be the firstborn he was the first quote-unquote divine demigod but he was supposed to be the first fruit of many so when we see in second Peter's, like we looked at that the bible says that we are called to glory and virtue all things pertain to life and godliness this is what it means it is this assignment of participating with your father as a demigod on the earth that qualifies you for significance for visibility and for people 
to validate God's greatness in you. Who am I talking to tonight, somebody? So when the Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of God is risen upon you, and kings will come to your light, and Gentiles to the brightness of your rising, it means as you begin to interact with God, and have the ability to discern his will, and partner with him to license on the earth what he wants done, the overflow becomes... The overflow becomes that there are things and people that start to bow to you. They start to bow to you because God now says, you sought out the United. I told you guys at the press last night that I made up my mind. See, every, see you must understand how you are wired. Years ago, it became clear to me, my, my assignment in ministry was not to lead a church. It was to be a prince of God on the earth. By God's dealings with me that men and women called to ministry would find soccer and grace. I'm not called to pastor a local church primarily. I'm called to be a resource pipeline. Now, you need to know what your own assignment is. And so, when I look at a country where the average church attendance is less than 50 where men and women who give in their life to God are suffering under obscurity, I am constantly judged and convicted because I understand for this reason was I born. This is the So everything I do, Tony, how I preach, the content of my personal ministry, not, the, not kingdom culture, my own ministry within it, right? The things I'm responsible for in the wider body of Christ. You can see a theme. I'm called to be a prince that comes upon water. I'm called to be a God killer. That can sanitize the atmosphere. So that other people who are assigned to build. Can find joy and peace in what they build. Now you find what your assignment is. But it is in the participation with that assignment that your boka, your rising comes like we see your credibility as a son is tied to participating with your father in this business now let's wrap this up real quick verse 25 truly i tell you the hour is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the son of god and those who hear will live the voice of who not god the son of god for as the father has life in himself so he has granted the son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man man in the barren study bible in essence tony because you fellowship with the voice of god there is a transportation of divine reality that empowers you to walk with him, empowers you to furnish his will in the earth. It gives you the byproduct. You don't have to hustle for significance. You don't have to politically try and rise. It will ensure that you gain renown God's way and in God's time, right? And then whatever you speak to, receives life you become a dispenser 
of the life that you have received and continually receive. In essence, you become an echo chamber for that voice. Now let's go back to 2 Peter as we close. Are you ready to pray tonight, somebody? Maria Katebros Kevedi. Are you ready to pray? Let's go back to 2 Peter. Now the, the problem, when we describe who the Spirit is, right? On Sunday, I may do some more teaching about the Spirit. This is the issue. This is how this voice and spirit works. Shamala First of all, verse 10 says, give diligence to your calling to make, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. It means you, this is not easy. There's a, there's a pattern, but, but, but I don't have time for that. So let's come to verse 18. Verse 16 says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father, we've just talked about that, as the original biblical divine demigod. I'm using the word intentionally. I know it may be offending some people, but stick with me. It's an analogy I'm making. Some those who need to understand it will understand it that way. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came. So there came what? A voice to him from the excellent glory. In essence, the voice of God wasn't just informing, it was conferring honor and glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Where did that happen? At Jordan. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. That happened again at the Mount of Transfiguration. We now get to verse 19, which many of us have misunderstood. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Meaning, because of this, let's explain something. We have what? A more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well to take heed. In essence, when God speaks, it is sure. Somebody say sure. When God speaks, it is sure. But this is the way he speaks. This here is the problem. This is how he speaks, Tony. As unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the day star arises where? In your heart. This is the problem. When this process we looked at begins, it starts as a flickering light in a dark place. Why? Tony, because the test is 
can you take heed? It is faint, it is far, it is weak. Because it is looking for who will give their selves to it. And the reward of giving yourself to this light is that it grows until your bokar comes. The word dawn in Greek means bokar in Hebrew. And the day star arises in your heart. What does this mean in practical English? When God begins to deal with you about your purpose and the part you have to play in this partnership between divine being and biblical demigod he does not shout in fact he does not demand initially it's a faint wooing it's a clue here and a clue there because the test is who will give themselves somebody say give themselves who will give themselves to the pursuit of that channel who will pay the price to grow in the sensitivity and the connectivity with this reality Tony we all start the same but heaven is watching who will be faithful to pursue that flicker of divine inspiration who will give themselves to fasting prayer purity who will say yes when God says yes, no when God says no? Who will turn down Arabakatia? And every time you align with God, the light grows bigger. Every time you disalign with Him, it dies. But the Bible says that a day will come when Boka will arrive and the day star will arise. Christ himself, the original demigod, will fully manifest in your life. If you commit yourself to the practice of fellowshipping with and obeying as much as you are able this voice of God, he is piping in that glory and virtue he is a kalabasila barakuna namasati. 
he is creating that dimension of reality a day will come where he says this is my beloved son he has heard me now you hear him who am i talking to this is my beloved son tony i've got on a controller i'll sort it out he has heard me now you hear him there is a generation that is about to be announced to the world and god has been like john the bible says he was waxing strong in the wilderness and the word of the lord was coming to him and then one day the bible says he his word came to all of israel lift up your voice with me tonight and begin to cry out in the spirit cry out with me somebody some of us need to repent for despising the dealings of the lord say lord have mercy the instructions have disobeyed the seasons have lived in disobedience come on pray somebody say god have mercy god have mercy have mercy on me lord there was a season i was committed to observing the fellowship with you and walking in daily obedience to your voice every day and then i got impatient i didn't see results i was seduced by sin by disobedience by carnality i said no because i wanted something i made decisions based on my desire say heaven have mercy lord have mercy on me have mercy lord have mercy say god would you initiate another season of dealings would you restore the years that the locust the canker worm and the caterpillar stole would you make me a partaker again of this divine nature See, this is why god has been trying to establish government over your life there can be no government in your life without the voice of god the voice of scripture primarily but also the voice of the spirit in your inner mind and inner dealings and inner ear and spirit the purpose is to establish heaven's government in you so it can establish heaven's government through you and for many of you that voice has been silent for a long time because it figured out we can't work with this one this one will not yield to dealings and so it shuts up because remember it's a light in a dark place it requires you to take heed and nurture it 
until it becomes a shout the voice always starts of god always starts as a whisper it wants to be nurtured into a shout but there's another batch of us who've been nurturing that voice for a long time and yes we may have had seasons where we we wobbled but but we we have by and large given ourselves to the dealings of god to the obedience of his leading in sometimes difficult circumstances tony he says no to something you really want and you say no he says go for something you think is impossible and he think it seems stupid but you say yes there are two types of tests it's a test of restraint and the test of dependence absolute submission and total dependence he said this to me in the year 1998 he said son the key to your destiny will be absolute submission meaning when i say no the answer is no and total dependence meaning when i say yes even if you don't think it's possible you can trust me and cooperate with me in faith i haven't been perfect but i've seen some results along the way and in this season there is an avenue of divine divine nature that is being made available where like christ we can say the father is working and i'm working with him i'm the demigod assigned to slaughter the activities to break the dimension of hell in my jurisdiction in my family in my community in my nation in my city in my community so i said already my industry and that is god's ticket to significance not your social media account but the bible says that your prophet will appear to all and when god tells us this is the season of bukhar he's saying tony for some of us we're about to graduate from this school of the dealings of the voice of god our voice is about to come to all israel because for a season the voice of the lord came to us let me repeat there was a season in the wilderness in obscurity in pain in difficulty where we nurtured that light in a dark place it didn't make sense it was obscure but we nurtured it we we gave ourselves to it we we were laughed at tony we were mocked we were we were called all sorts of names uh, uh, we 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 withheld ourselves from what we were entitled to we were paul says we were reviled yet we blessed we were reviled yet we blessed we were on a cross and 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 people were saying if you're the son of god if you were called by god if you call yourself a christian he said he calls on god let god save him now People at work said, if this your Jesus is so real, why is your life like this? I told you how people who love me, my family said to me years ago in 2009. A member of my family who would die for me said, all your mates have houses. This is your Jesus you're serving. 
what do you have to show for it but but we were following the voice of god we were following his leading and his direction we were obeying him as best we knew yes we made mistakes yes we we thought we heard him when we didn't and we made decisions that cost us but we came back with our tail between our legs and we wept at his altar and we realigned and now that glory and virtue is upon us it is the time to arise and shine for the light has come what light the light that shined in a dark place the word of prophecy the promise the the commitment god made when he revealed himself to you in those dealings that light has now come why because you took heed while it was like a light in a dark place until boka came and the day star arose in your heart until the maturity of those dealings had birthed a dimension of spiritual authority in God from which you could function it's Moses it started as it came into your heart that you should be the deliverer of the Jews it was a light in a dark place somehow you knew this was your destiny it was it, it was a light only say light in a dark place it was it was obscure you didn't have the details and you tried and you failed and you you ran to the wilderness of Midian uh, but while you were there you still that, that thing never left till one day he shows up in the burning bush the day star came and impaneled you to go back the bible says god told moses for those of you who are saying this is your demigod god killed you god told moses he says i will make you a god unto pharaoh and moses this is how much i will elevate you you as a human being will have a prophet aaron shall be your prophet not to prophesy to you Aaron will be your mouthpiece to speak to Pharaoh. Why? Because Pharaoh was the Egyptian demigod. The Pharaohs were all considered divine beings. Why? Because they came from a line they believed, right? Of Nephilim. Mesopotamia, they called them the Ukbalus. They came from a line of people who they believed had Nephilim blood in them, giant blood in them. They were tall that's why the israelites told god give us a king like the other nations because all the other nations believed that only demigods could rule og of bashan giant goliath giant right sihon giant the sons of anak because they were looking for beings or human beings they believed had residual dna of the nephilim in them to lead and to guide them god said it's my demigod against yours but i don't need a physical dna in mine i just need an encounter with me in the spirit and so god says i'm judging he told moses by you i'm going to judge the gods of egypt the plagues were a war demigod against demigod because this demigod's father was judging the other demigod's fathers that is how we come into Bokar, God's way. Where a man or woman will give themselves to a season of dealings with God, for God to work in them, his government, and then be deployed in an area 
where their performance brings God glory. One more time, lift up your voice and say, Father, empower me. Say, Lord, now I understand. Some of you have three months. Even if you're behind schedule, you have three months. Say, God, let's do this thing quickly. Say, God, from today, no more disobedience. Tell him, tell him. No more disobedience. No more fighting. No more struggling. I yield to you. I yield to you. If you're a pastor, if you're a leader, this is your calling to raise a people of this ilk. Like Peter, so you can tell them you and I have similar levels of precious faith. I'm not a, I'm not a demigod while you worship me. I'm a demigod in the spirit leading you as equally anointed demigods. Because as a unit, as a church, as a spiritual family, we have a jurisdiction to take for our king and our father. We must work as we see our father work. As you yield to what he shows you for your life, he will give you direction for his agenda. He says, stop this. You say yes. He says, I'll talk to you about this. He says, do this. You say yes. He gives you authority over this. It's a trade because it's a training. Father, I have discharged your word tonight as best as my mind and my body would allow. Breathe on it. Lift your voice. Lift your hands, everybody. Right now, Father, begin to activate dimensions of the glory in your people. Let there be an ascension from the mundaneness of just normal everyday Christianity. Let there be a purpose driven destiny journey that everyone begins to take tonight filled with encounters transactions let there be meaning to the daily fellowship to the altars of prayer to the dealings of your spirit let it become clear what this journey of a walk with you is all about. Help us understand seasons and times of what we ought to do. Our place in your calendar. And Lord, as we yield to this present journey of alignment, let stars be born. Let the word come from Zion's hills. This is my beloved son or daughter for many. Let the, the instruction to the spirit realm be listened to him. Listen to her. In politics, banking, finance, media, entertainment, education. In, in the church, in spiritual ministry. In family, communities, nations. Let there be men and women who have sufficient access and submission to your voice. That you can say, I have assigned all judgment to them. That we will judge nations, judge cities. That we will, our, our word will be power. We would determine the course of civilization in our days. That the church would once more become that spotless bride without wrinkle or stain. The Proverbs 31 woman who knows her merchandise is good and that her husband, you, will be praised in the gate on account of our reputation in the earth. 
Put your hands on your ears and eyes, everybody, now. One hand on your ear, one hand on your eye. Or however you want to do, you can use the same hand if you can. I don't know how you can do it, but whatever it is. Father, activate now. Every faculty of hearing and receiving from you that has been tampered with by sin, by neglect, by a lack of consecration, or by demonic attack, let the scales fall now. Let the clarity of your voice return by visions, by dreams, by inner dealings, by similitudes. For some, even by the audible voice, from your word, from the dealings of your spirit. Your sheep hear your voice. The voice of another they will not follow. For everyone currently on the trajectory, Lord, as a result of a demonic counterfeit of your voice, that is on the road away from purpose, everyone currently following a trajectory that will lead them to a place where their salvation is further than when they first believed. Father, I command that demonic counterfeit to be shut down in the spirit. Correct course, Lord, and restore wasted years. Ah, we give you glory and praise in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody, would you clap your hands, oh, you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. A couple of quick announcements. First of all, just to remind you, again, all roads lead to the summit now. 15 to 20th of November 2022, the Kingdom Culture Summit. The theme is Bokar, meaning dawn, the brightness of our rising. Get the time off, make plans to be there. God will beat you there, but He'll be there when you get there. Secondly, if you want to give, the details will be on your screen in a second. And I want to make a special, uh, I, want to, I want to receive a special offering tonight. And stay with me. Please don't run anywhere. This is important. And it's not for kingdom culture. Um, just take the overall down. On the screen, the overall down. Um, so, I haven't discussed this with him. So, I hope I'm not going to... Uh, to get in trouble, but um, I have a brother in the faith, a spiritual brother who uh, is a part of the extended kingdom culture family. Uh, they're one of the leaders and ministers who fellowship with us and, and drink from the trough that we lay out. And I love his, humil his humility. Uh, he, he's, 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 he's older than I am, but he's a uh, he has been so gracious in the relationship that they have with us and the grace that God uh, has bestowed upon us. And we see them as an extension of ourselves in the region of the world where they operate. 
they lead an amazing church called the Champions Assembly in Mina. Uh, and they do a great work for God that includes ministry, a church ministry, uh, local evangelical outreaches, and a school, uh, a heavily subsidized school in that city. Um, and we love them. We love their heart. We love their spirit. And over the last two and a half years, while I have been teaching on some of the things I've been sharing, uh, they have graciously tapped into it, including re going through the same process we've gone through, going into a hibernation and allowing God shut down a lot of the things they were doing intentionally so they could give themselves to a season of realignment internally. And now just like us, they believe that the season has come for their ark to be opened. And over the next month or so, uh, they are on a countdown to beginning to re-emerge into the fullness of their house's assignment. Uh, and it is never easy when you tell a pastor to shut down, or you advise a pastor, I should say, to cut down on a quote-unquote Sunday service to focus on growing the pillars of their ministry. But they did. And they walked away from uh, a facility in which they were having regular services to take that advice um, and I believe that now that God is calling them to return to that fullness, that we as a family should stand with them. And so they have found a facility in the city of Mina that they intend to use as a base from which to reach the city, including as a venue of worship. Um, I'm not going to mention an amount because I don't want to put any pressure on anybody. Uh, but I want to take an offering on their behalf tonight. And so I want tonight's offering to be dedicated to them. And so, Chris, if you could put the details on the screen one more time. Now, when you give towards this, please title it or reference it Mina, M-I-N-N-A, Mina. Uh, we want to help them raise an initial deposit to put down on a year's lease for that facility. So as they come out, they can hit the ground with full force. Uh, and I believe that as a house, we can, and as a wider kingdom culture family, we can give them a helping hand to establish that. And so when you give towards this, the title is Mina, M-I-N-N-A. Uh, and every last penny that comes in with that reference over the next few days will go to that purpose now uh there's a deadline on this uh for this week so we're asking you if possible to please uh, redeem this as soon as possible uh and to to do so sacrificially uh don't throw a, a copper coin like you would at a beggar if you need to make a sacrifice for this let's do so let's build god's kingdom in that region of the world and like i said this is what the kingdom looks like it doesn't have to be our logo or our ministry involved for us to do what we would do otherwise to see the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, let your fame be established in the land of Mina. Let the champions assembly live and not die.
that there may not be few. Let them go forth in this season with power and glory as partakers of that divine nature to establish your will in the earth. Let this work prosper in their hands. Like Moses, let it be said that they have to stop the giving because the people brought far more than was needed. We pray the same to every church ministry that we're in covenant with. Father, I pray tonight for my spiritual family called Jabula International that every church in this tribe in this season would receive grace, strength, favor, and finance to emerge from the ark and take your kingdom in their locality to another level. Let the people be of one mind to build. Breathe on us with your favor. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And finally, last announcement tonight as I let you go. Uh, this Friday is the next Midnight Oil at the Press. Um, our flyer hasn't come out quite yet, but we will put up the flyer for the last one. Um, where, where is that flyer now? Somewhere here. Chris, if you can find it for me. Oh, there it is. Um, so this Friday, which will be the, if I'm not mistaken, the 12th, of August we're gathering we do this every week Tuesday and Friday but they're special Fridays and Tuesdays they're the closest to the beginning or the middle of the Hebrew month which is marked by a new moon or full moon we've explained the spiritual significance of this where we gather specially to press into an open window in the spirit to establish the will of God in for and around us and this Friday is the next one. So the flyer will come out uh, over the next 24 hours. Make time 11 p.m. UK time uh, via Zoom and YouTube. Uh, to find the Zoom details, you want to make sure uh, that you are part of the Prayer Culture Apostolic Hub. It's far more than a church. It's a non-denominational platform where people who are passionate about intercession, many of them are ministers and leaders in their own right, like we just heard with my brother, Reverend Shagun, and uh, we, 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 just, we just run roughshod in the spirit for God, including the 24-7 prayer room. The details are on your screen of what the YouTube and the Telegram channel. If you are part of the Telegram group channel, then you get the notifications, including how to be in the Zoom room and to be a part of the action. Let's pray. What an amazing time in the presence of God tonight. And of course, as part of that, at 6.30 in the morning, we have three prayer meetings every day. 6.30 in the morning, morning drops of glory. We have 12 noon, the gap where we pray for the nations. Morning drops is a devotional meeting. And then we have the press, or the altar at 7 p.m. every day. And of course, Tuesdays and Fridays, in addition to those three, we also have the press at 11 p.m. And so there's just plenty of prayer going on for you to be a part of. Uh, and also to take the fire back to your individual ministries if you are from outside the Kingdom Culture Church family. Father, we just thank you tonight for all that you have done. To you be all glory, the power and the praise. We will give you our worship now and always. Thank you for healings tonight that have been going on as we taught. For bones being straightened. 
injuries being miraculously restored, mental health conditions being reversed completely. Thank you for cancer being dissolved, tumors, cysts, fibroids vanishing in the glory. Thank you for financial miracles happening and that have been happening. Thank you for great news that's about to come. To you be all this glory. In the precious name of Jesus, we give you praise. For now and forever, we belong to you. Bless you, everybody. Have an amazing night. See you at 6.30 a.m. in the morning for Morning Drops of Glory Prayer. Hallelujah.